welcome to Appalachian Ghost Tales, the podcast where we talk all things paranormal that have happened in the Appalachian Mountains. I'm your host, Shay. Don't forget to like us on Instagram at Appalachian Ghost Tales and send us a message with your spooky encounters and it may end up on the show. So this is our first episode. I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. Like I said, I'm Shay. Um, I've been in interested in the paranormal for pretty much as long as I can remember and I decided to focus on the Appalachian Mountains because number one it's where I grew up and where I'm from and I think that there are um, just a lot of interesting tales throughout that region and even though the Appalachian Mountains uh, is a trail of mountains that runs from Georgia to Maine. Like I said, we're going to focus on sort of the southern mountains like Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee area. But if you have any, if you're living in Maine or have walked the Appalachian Trail and had a spooky encounter or something unsettling, just send send us a message and we will get it on the podcast. Let's get started. Katie and Rufus moved into an old Kentucky farmhouse in early spring. They were surprised and delighted to have found the place, because the rent was very reasonable. In fact, it was quite low, considering the good condition of the house. With the house came several acres of land, on which Rufus planted corn and tobacco, and Katie planted a vegetable garden. Soon the crops and vegetables began to grow, and Katie and Rufus began to think that they had a good deal indeed. One night, Rufus and Katie had gone to bed after a hard day of working on their little farm when something woke them from a deep sleep. A sharp crack and a thud sounded from the yard just outside their window. Someone cried out in pain, and then it was all silent. What was that? Katie asked, sitting up in bed. It sounded like a gunshot, Rufus said sitting up beside her and swinging his feet to the floor. I'm going to check it out. You can't go out there, Katie protested. Somebody just got shot. All the more reason for me to check, Rufus answered. Somebody might be hurt and need help. Look out first and see if anybody's out there, suggested Katie. It sounded like it came from near the clothesline. Rufus took her advice and looked out all the windows. The full moon lit up the yard, but Rufus could see absolutely nothing out of place. He stepped back he stepped out the back door and then out the front door, but nothing unusual met his eye. He gave up the search and went back to bed. Maybe we were dreaming, he suggested. I hardly think we would both have the same dream, replied Katie. It was definitely real. In the morning, Katie was up early and she had her wash ready to hang on the clo- on the line by the by sunup. She and Rufus started to the clothesline with two baskets of wet clothes. She liked to smell the fresh scent of the outdoors when they were dry. So she liked to hang them early in the morning sun. Katie was walking a few steps ahead of Rufus when she saw it. She dropped the basket and screamed. What's the matter? Rufus asked, trying to see what had frightened her. Katie was pointing to the ground directly ahead of them. Rufus set his basket down and looked over her shoulder toward the clothesline. 
where she was pointing. Neither could believe what they were seeing. On the ground was the outline of a body in blood. Katie was too shaken to continue. She ran into the house crying. Rufus hung the clothes and joined her inside. They decided to go straight down to Conover's old country store and reported what they had heard and seen. Mr. Conover had a phone so they could call the sheriff. Mr. Conover listened to their story, but he didn't seem too surprised. Somebody should have warned you, he told them. I figured old man Leach told you what happened before he rented you the place. He hasn't lived there since it happened. He moved in with his son, and he just rents the place out for whatever he can get for it. What happened, Rufus asked. Tell us. It's been several years, Mr. Conover told them. Mr. Leach had been losing chickens, and he thought that maybe there was either a low-down chicken thief or a fox that was catching them. One night, he heard his chickens making an awful ruckus, so he grabbed his gun and fired into the dark. He heard a cry and knew he had shot the thief, but it wasn't a thief or a fox. It was just a young neighbor boy who was cutting through Mr. Leach's yard on his way home from visiting his girlfriend. How horrible, Katie said. Yes, it was, Mr. Conover continued. No charges were brought against Mr. Leach because a young man was on his property, but Mr. Leach never got over it. He couldn't stand to stay there after that. He moved and started renting the place out. But what about what we saw? asked Katie. I don't understand why the body was outlined in blood. Blood. Every year on the anniversary of that tragic accident, it's acted out all over again, explained Mr. Conover. Renters hear the gunshot and hear the young man cry out. In the morning, they see what, the, what you saw. An outline of the body of the young man appears in blood right where he fell and bled to death. It disappears by the end of the day, though. Don't you worry now. You won't see it again until next spring. At the end of the day, the bloody outline was gone, just as Mr. Conover said it would be. Before the next spring, Katie and Rufus had gone, too. Maybe that tragedy is still replayed every spring, but Katie and Rufus didn't want to be around on the next anniversary to find out. came over me. I heard someone take a step on gravel, slip, and fall. My husband noticed a strange look on my face, and I asked what was wrong. I just heard a man slip and fall on gravel, I replied. I see him. He's in Indiana. He fell on his face, and he's dead. We tried to think of whom we might know in Indiana, but nobody came to mind. Our relatives lived in Kentucky and Ohio. We had forgotten that my uncle, aunt, and cousins had just moved to a farm in Indiana across the state line from Harrison, Ohio. We had never been there. A few hours later, we got a call and were told that my cousin Clifford, who lived in, on that Indiana farm, had been accidentally killed. He had just been discharged from the Army and was suffering some blood pressure problems. Clifford's dad and his best friend Chris were target practicing with him in the backyard. Clifford stood up, took a step, and pitched forward as his foot slept, slipped on gravel. Maybe his blood pressure had made him dizzy. In any case, he staggered into the line of fire just as his friend pulled the trigger. He fell face down and died instantly. I kept insisting that Clifford must have slipped on some gravel, but the family insisted that there was only grass back there. 
When my mother went for the funeral, she looked in the backyard where the accident had happened. The yard was mostly grassy, but an old driveway had once circled the area. There was still a small patch of gravel where the old driveway had been. When we calculated the time difference between our house and the Indiana farm, we realized that I had had, had that vision of the accident precisely when it actually occurred. Okay, and this is our last story. It's called The Ghost of the Jilted Girl. I had a ghost haunt me once. She was a sweetheart of mine, but I didn't marry her. She wanted me to marry her. And after I married another girl, this sweetheart took poison and killed herself. And she haunted me so bad that I had to leave that house and come up here to live. She grabbed me by the bed. The first time she caught the sheet, grabbed it and pulled. I woke up and tried to hold the sheet, but she pulled it out of my hand and said, and I said, oh, imagination, I'm going to stay here in the house anyhow. It would come every, it wouldn't come every night, but every other night. One night it came and caught me right here up under the throat and the back of the neck. Brother, she had a vice on me and it looked like I couldn't get away at all. Finally, I ran and got loose. Well, that night I said, I think I'll go upstairs, for I don't believe it will bother me. I went upstairs and someone says, boy, did you come up? I said, yeah, I got lonesome down there. Well, the next night after that, she came upstairs, but she didn't bother me. I heard the footsteps coming up the stairs, pit, 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 coming right up the stairs. I turned the light on quick, but I didn't see nothing. But she took all my clothes and I heard a sound like, woo, and I said, all right, I went down the next morning a little before day and she went down stairs. It sounded like someone rolling marbles down the stairs, bub, 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 bub. So I figured I'd get out of there. She couldn't come across a stream of water. So I moved up here and she ain't bothered me any more since. So, what did you guys think? This is just a little introduction of two um, what I have and what we're gonna, what the podcast is gonna be like. So, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you have any stories that you'd like to share, send us a message on Instagram, and I'm working on getting a Facebook up. And um, until next time, stay spooky.